podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, this is Naishad Gadani and it's unusual for me to drop into your LinkedIn screen at 10 p.m. But I promised you that I will and and me and Caroline have, uh, uh, you know, brought a guest with us uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't even know where that is in the United States map, but I know it's it's probably thousand miles away. It's, it's you know, it's around 14 hours behind uh, Australia also. So it's going to be fascinating to check, to chat with Sunita Narayanan. And uh, to give you a background, me and Sunita first time spoke and became LinkedIn friends um, you know, around 2012-13. And I was uh, delivering a presentation at a conference in India and we got on to the phone call. First time it was Skype. We didn't have Zoom at that time. Know, imagine and uh, we got on to Skype we you know, chatted for a long time and uh, you know and then we continued to you know to be LinkedIn friends we on on and uh, you know often just send messages to each other but we have always you know since the time that career care package really uh, started Sunita has been a constant support to us by putting thoughtful comments and also encouraging you know, uh, you know, both of us to continue this uh, this journey that we are on. So, to for those who are nocturnal and listening to this for the first time, so me and Caroline don't appear on your LinkedIn screen at 10 p.m. Usually, 3 p.m. is our time slot. Nobody in Australia does it at 3 p.m. except us. And um, you know, we we come to you to fire up your career, to deliver a message of hope and optimism in this unprecedented times that we find ourselves in but today we are going to discuss a very interesting topic of finding your true north uh, don't worry we are not asking you to go to Keynes today we are just asking you to look at what is your true north what is your true purpose and we'll be doing it differently so we will leave it to Sunita to really unpack that concept for us but before we bring Sunita uh, Caroline Brown Sorry, I might just look a little bit distracted because I've just got a message saying uh, we're having trouble streaming on LinkedIn. So this may be an issue LinkedIn's end. Um, we'll keep trying. So um, I'm just having a quick look at your stream, Lish, and or have a quick look at your stream to see if it's coming up. Um, we're definitely streaming. No, it off. hasn't. We've never had this glitch before, Sunita, so I'm sorry about that. Um, all good, all good. But uh, take your time. It might take a while. So let's, let's continue. I'm also not sure why this has happened. Probably StreamYard would think these guys don't turn up at 10 o'clock. They usually that's do it at right. 3 p.m. So that's their time slot. I don't know why. We will record it. We're streaming on Facebook. Hopefully it will be resolved. If you are um, on LinkedIn and you can see this, give us the thumbs up. That would be great but anyway we'll continue so um because we know people will be watching it on, on facebook as well so sunitha sorry about that glitch but lovely to have you here all the way from thank you it's, it's a funny thing isn't it I, I really feel like the pandemic in a way has connected a lot of people because we're all kind of in this globally together and it's really wonderful that you you could join us um, and, and some insights about the, the work that you do. So I guess a, a really good place to start would be maybe tell people about, um, I've described you as a career and leadership coach and I know there's a lot more to what you do, but maybe tell people about how you actually um, came to be doing what you do and how you work with your clients. 
Sure. Uh, so before I, I, I start, one, I truly appreciate uh, you made it easy for me to get up in the morning. And uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, uh, I have to say, when Naishad called me, uh, I hung up the phone and I turned to my husband and said, I feel as if I got invited to the Oprah show. <laughs> so I, I, I honestly, this is a huge privilege and honor. And then this morning I got up and, um, you know, I was getting a little nervous and I got ready and I thought, okay, let me check my phone. And there is Carolyn's uh, uh, message promoting today's conversation. And she talks about the elephant. And I thought, what better sign do I need? <laughs> I, I start my day with a prayer to Lord Ganesh. And, and she's talking about an elephant. So to honor the work that the two of you do to bring hope and joy and impact really in, into what seems relentless and unending, um, I, I did do something for the two of you this morning. So this is my doodle of appreciation, if you can see it. Oh, can you see that? I can see uh, Okay. Okay. So that is. And the trumpet is saying a huge thank you to both of you. <laughs> and it does have your poof, whatever that sound is. You spread light and joy to a lot. You're connecting a lot of people and you give us ideas. The light bulbs are the ideas. So you're giving us a lot of ideas. Uh, so I, I really want, um, want to thank you as a community for doing that. Um, and this is one example of what I do in my coaching a whole lot. It, 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 it just engages our brain differently. Mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of how you introduced me, the, the only uh, thing that I might argue a little bit is that I do not do uh, pure transition work anymore. So I, I don't help people with their job search as such. Uh, however, I do a lot of work around uh, leadership impact and legacy. Um, um, and uh, uh, if I think about this, um, I listen to stories each day. That is really what I do. I listen to stories each day. And as you know, you are, you are in the business of telling stories every week with your career care package. And stories are very powerful, right? Um, and uh, sto when we listen to stories, we allow people to get a glimpse of the purpose behind our work. That's why storytelling is so powerful. Uh, and um, I suspect you heard that purpose in each of your speakers. You know, Lira spoke about uh, the diverse interest. That's uh, the creative problem solving was such a huge purpose in her life. You heard Anand talk about looking inward. Uh, you're selling yourself, so you have to figure out who you're selling. He spoke mm -hmm. to that purpose. Uh, Michelle talked about that adaptive um, adaptiveness in that startup environment. And then you got a real great glimpse of David's purpose when he said, you know, I like to make complicated things simple. Mm. As simple. So when you dig the, underneath your storytelling, that's when you find purpose. And, and uh, what I have found, whether uh, uh, in India, I was a licensed social worker. And um, uh, then as I transitioned through different roles, what I found that my purpose has not strayed very far. So my purpose is I help people create results from, from abundance, not scarcity. That's really what I liked to do. That, that is my purpose. So my first challenge for you both and for your listeners is um, you can take a flip chart, put it somewhere boldly on a wall. You can, uh, if you're a person who journals, use a journal and write down your purpose, sit down, think about your story, and write down your purpose in 10 or less words. Wow, okay. 10 or less words. Yeah. Because when you connect to your purpose, whatever you do, your 90 second pitch, your marketing materials, the way you network, the way you interview, everything becomes bolder, becomes confident, becomes sharper. So you actually are able to tell people what you truly want to offer them as a gift versus do I fit these 
check boxes. Do I fit the ATS? So, so really, when you think underneath your story, you touch the pain and you touch the joy, you're going to find that each of us engages with that. It's a, it's sometimes a restless process. It's sometimes a complicated process. It's always a joyful process. And to introduce that joy, what I would suggest is when you put that flip chart out, you use colored pencils, and you sit quietly, invite that pause that Daisha talks about, uh, invite quiet into your into your heart, you feel the spaciousness, and then do this. Mm. Play with the slinky. See the bounce. Mm. See the bounce in the slinky. Just play with the slinky. Let, let it go. I carry this everywhere. I give one to each of my clients. So play with it and really touch the core of your story. Underneath the core of your story lies your purpose. So once you have that purpose in 10 words or less, then you know how you're going to support it. So the way I support my purpose, I help people do build three practices. So uh, I help people build a practice in how to get out of their own way. Yeah. We create our own misery. Through our, all our storytelling, we create our own misery. So I help people figure out how to get out of their own way so that they don't jeopardize the success they wish to create. Um, if I ask someone, do you want to build a life of significance and success and make a living? Most people say yes, right? So for that, you have to get out of your own way. Yeah. Then the second practice I help people with is to help them figure out how to get out of other people's way so that you they can harness the talent wholeheartedly. Uh, amazing work only happens with and through people. Look at the work, the impact you're making. You certainly could not do it just with each other. Mm. So, so we harness the talent of the community around us to help us create that life of significance. And the third practice is a little, um, um, I believe it is my distinctive feature is I help people practice Maitri, which is a word from Sanskrit that means unconditional friendship. And I'm not talking about the kindness that we offer to others. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really not interested in that, uh, in that coaching conversation, because unless we figure out how to be gentle, kind, and compassionate within ourselves, our, our practice to be kind to other people will always be fractured. Mm -hmm. It, it, it is a single truth in our lives. So, uh, so that's the third practice that I help people with to figure out how do you gentle a story? How do you ask for help? How do you invite compassion? How do you look at something a little differently so that it is uh, proactive versus, oh my God, oh my God. Mm -hmm. uh, so you move from being a victim to being to owning it because sitting in misery is not rent free, is it? So that, in in really a nutshell, is what I do every day, and uh, it truly is my honor and privilege to sit and be part of people's stories, mm -hmm. um, and it gives me great joy. Fantastic. Is there a part of one of those elements that people struggle with the most because i know people like my gut feeling is getting to the point where people um you know honor themselves or or you know are kind to themselves it's really difficult for a lot of people um and you don't right. even know that being unkind right uh and and that's the reason i use play a lot i'll give you two reasons why i use play i I'll, I'll give you a personal reason and then i'll give you the business reason the personal reason is um you know i grew up uh, during times in india of uh, a lot of social and political turmoil um so uh, uh some some people from India might remember the years of emergency, which was a lot like the dictatorship in India. Um, I've lived through the assassination of a prime minister and, and horrific, horrific rioting. And as a social worker, I was in the middle of working in those riots. 
um, uh, as a very young child, uh, uh, I have been in the middle of a war. My father commanded a hospital uh, during the 71 aggression and uh, our house was bombed. Uh, and uh, uh, so, uh, you know, for, for the amount of time that the war existed in our lives, there was a lot of unsettling thing. And what I found, what I didn't understand then, and I understand today, is uh, I automatically went to play and imagination to make sense of what was not making sense to me at all. Hmm. So uh, from a neuroscience perspective, play is one way that our brain makes sense of things intuitively. Mm -hmm. So if we can harness that, we allow ourselves to stay without judgment. We allow ourselves to increase the endorphins in our body versus the cortisol. So that, that's really my personal reason. As I transitioned and I migrated to the United States and different things happened, the, all the plots that happened with any migration story, uh, I started to really study play and creativity very specifically in my work. And then I started to observe three things in very success or high performers. I really started to pay attention with leadership assessments. So what I found is that high performers do three things really, really well, and they harness play to do it. So high performers um, have a practice of resiliency, the bounce back factor, which, which you know, this signifies the bounce. They are in the most difficult of their times, they are able to touch that part of the resiliency to make sense of what is happening mm -hmm. around them. The second practice that high performers use uh, uh, through play is uh, curiosity. And curiosity just allows them to stay in the moment and observe what is happening without attachment. Mm -hmm. So this is like um, leaning into a question versus rushing into a solution. So curiosity is that pause. Curiosity allows you to consider to step back, to just be in the moment without, uh, I have to find a solution. So that's one practice. And play allows you to enter curiosity very easily. The third piece I find is resolve. And David talked about this. He's, uh, when he said that uh, knowing something, recognizing something is not enough. How are you going to stay committed? What are you going to do? If you remember that part in his conversation where he spoke to that, uh, that is the resolve. And play allows us to figure out, to do that mind shift. So from a business perspective, if you think about it, um, there is research that shows us when, when we connect to resiliency, when we connect to creativity, when we connect to resolve, we are three times more successful in whatever we, we embrace mm. uh, it, because play and imagination breaks a pattern. Mm. It completely breaks a pattern. It, it allows us to add the word and in our vocabulary a little more often. Mm -hmm. So you move from yes, but yes, but I'm too old for the job market to yes. And mm -hmm. I bring experience that somebody right out of college does not have. Mm -hmm. So it allows us to look at the paradox really well. So play allows us to do go from yes and uh, yes but to a yes and very easily. Yeah. Uh, the other thing it does is that it allows us to do what leadership research calls connective awareness. So this is like imagine holding sand in your hand. You're at the beach and you hold sand and you hold it really tightly. What do you think happens? The sand just trickles down, right? And, and suddenly when you open your hand, there is no sand. But say you open your palm and you just let the sand sit gently. So connective awareness is holding different thoughts and patterns and solutions lightly without attachment to consider it give it some thought to reflect on it and connective awareness apparently really uses both sides of our brain the logical the left side and the creative the right side and um, it allows us to encourage possibility 
So again, uh, you know, I, I keep a lot of like index cards with me all the time. So I might just write something like, uh, if someone is telling me a lot of if onlys, then I would just put a lot of if onlys on a flip chart and then ask them to convert one if only to a what if. That's a creative process, that's playful. I'm not asking for solutions. All I'm saying is, hey, let's play. Mm -hmm. So suppose, um, uh, so suppose I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, so let's take this. Suppose someone said to me, if only I had a job, right? So then, um, uh, so what might be and what if? I don't know. But we brainstorm. And then someone might, uh, then I might say, well, what if you volunteered in your, in your expertise? That might open up an opportunity, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Then they say, well, if only I would, I could actually go and volunteer somewhere. Where can I go? There is shelter in place. So then I might say, what if you explored, or what if we explored online opportunities? So it get, it widens your perspective, and I'm not asking anybody to make a decision that they're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. The other way the play works is is um, uh, paradoxical words. You know, energy is very important. Shifting energy is very important. So I might I might hold I might hold this up to somebody and say, um, what do you think this brings up for you? Just shout out what, what, you know, when you think urgency, what about your life is urgent? What about something is going on? And most people will play with this. And then if I turn this around and say, what, what does this look like? Then you add the and. Then, then I might say, what does urgency and calmness look like in the moment? So do you see how that shifts? The perception gradually yeah. yet i'm not putting any pressure in making a decision on anybody we're playing yeah. we're still really really playing yeah. and and it it really does um so there's a concept of requisite variety from neuro-linguistic programming and it uh what it says is that the person who's able to stay the most flexible is able to influence the system the most so, so what we have to be careful about is uh, that we are all hardwired to do certain things. So that's our style. Well, when we start recognizing that behavior is a choice, we expand our toolkit. So then it allows us to flex our style. And so then I might say to someone, hey, try out this style. Think of it as a scene in a play. Think about it as moving the moving the scene forward into a movie. How does that look to you? Mm. So people will go there versus if I say to them, you know, um, you really have to network. There is no choice. You really mm. have to network. Network with how you get jobs. If I say that to them, mostly I'll, I'll get things like, I'm an introvert. I don't like to network. It mm. feels like asking for a favor. Mm. What will I say? So play allows us to reduce anxiety. Mm. Play allows us to reduce the fear. Mm. Play allows us to feel bolder. So as much as you know, we talk so much about emotions, pay attention to where you're feeling your emotions. Are you feeling tension here? Are you feeling a fit in your stomach? There is also bi-directionality. So with play, what you can do is you can ask someone, what do you want to cultivate? Mm -hmm. So suppose you say to me, I want to cultivate confidence. So then I might say to you, okay, let's play with that. Where do you feel confidence in your body? When you say the word confidence, so people will sit up. They'll say, I feel it in my spine. So then it's a matter of saying, okay, play with this. Connect confidence with your spine. Think about your spine going outside your body along with you. Imagine that going along with you, walking with you, and see what it does to your behavior. So when, when you start thinking about play in a lot of different ways, then suddenly people start um, feeling, uh, 
capable. They have a little more lift to their voices. They have a lift to their body. And and I think all of us will agree that, you know, we show up wholeheartedly with everything that we, I mean, we don't even have to say anything. We show up and people make a judgment about what we have to offer. So why not offer people your true purpose by going behind your story and playing around a little and asking yourself, how does resiliency show up? How does resolve show up? How does playfulness and curiosity show up? Mm. And see how that shifts perspective. Wow, it's such an amazing way that you, like it's such a holistic way that you work with people compared to somebody that, I, I, I guess other traditional forms of coaching or counselling are quite, um, I guess, mind-based, as in, you know, you do this assessment or you, you do the Myers-Briggs or you do whatever. Yeah. Just that I love that concept of just, you know, having some fun with whatever, perhaps whatever you think is holding you back and, Right, right. Different, different angles. So, is your is your office brightly coloured, and you've got a couch and balls there? Uh, so, like? I, I, you know, I, I do carry a bag. I carry a bag with a lot of things. There's always colour, uh, colour. So, you can see, I always have something like this. Yeah, I have crayons always. I have a bunch of index cards. Um, and one of the things that I carry are these little dolls if somebody wants to play with it. So this is uh, something, uh, so when I ask people to complete I am, um, how, how might you complete I am? What's the first word that comes to your head when I ask you to complete the prompt I am? You're asking me that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. My first thing is I am creative. That's okay. And Naisha? I'm funny. I'm funny. <laughs> uh, and I, w I would say I'm adventurous. Yes. So, so, so when, when, when then people start thinking about what that word means in their day to day life, how mm. does that show up? How does that connect to their behavior? then your 90 second pitch really does get distinctive. Yeah. So when, when I, if, if I were working with Naisha, then he said to me, I'm funny, then I would ask him, how does your sense of humor diffuse a conflict situation? How does your sense of humor help you connect with people? So I would take it to the business value. Mm. But, but it starts in play, but you know, I mean, uh, someone might say to me, well, I can't go tell an employer I'm funny. Well, you can, you can, because you can link it to your purpose. Mm. My purpose is to spread joy, mm. joyful results, make a joyful impact. And I do that by use, using um, respectful humor. I'm able to connect to people differently um you know same thing with the creativity so here what the what, what i ask people to do is to write you, you may not be able to see it clearly to write the different roles that they play mm. so over here it is vice president mom wife sister so something like that and this could be done on a piece of paper too then i turn it around and i ask them to think about attributes that go across all these roles because when you think about attributes that are seamless and go around all those roles, you're going to link it to purpose. Mm. So it, 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 this is a this is a great thing. The other thing that uh, I actually gave my kids when they went to college, I gave them a small little suitcase and I put three things in it. I put the slinky because I wanted them to remember play. I put and I give this to people too. It's a it's a floss. It's just floss. Do you know why, why I give, what's, uh, how does floss connect to career purpose and career goals? What do you think? Take a guess. There are no right um, or wrong answers. Um, I guess. What does flossing help you do? Oh, keep, keep your teeth clean. Keep your, keep, keep speak your truth maybe. Is, okay. So it, it actually helps you be mindful of the different ways that you can get stuck in things yeah, okay. or 
things can get stuck in you. Yeah. So what, what do you want to release? Yeah. What do you want to give up? Because again, it's it's about energy. And the third thing that I don't have currently with me is a, is a little compass. I usually give a compass and, and say, you know, think about what, what's the direction you want your life to go because there is a way to live a life of significance, abundance, and make a living. Yeah. It, it, it's all on how you want to define that for, for yourself, really. Um, for the more practical people who push against this a little sometimes, um, using a quadrant, anything visual is good. And a simple thing to do is this this thing. To, to really have them think about the values, the interests, the skills, and the styles. And this is a tool that they can actually create distinctive documents around and get beyond their resume. People see resumes all the time, but if I if I take this in, I can tell you why you should hire me. I can tell you what matters to me. I can tell you why I would fit into your company. Yeah. And I, all I need is this one document, really, because values tell people why you're productive, interests sustain your engagement, skills define your productivity, and your style is your approach to life. All things being equal, you're being hired for your approach to life. Yeah. And that's what we don't tend to understand. And the other correlation that gets missed in purpose is the correlation between skills and interests. If my yeah. interest is high, I will do anything to learn. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, if my interest is not high, I will avoid it. So I think job seekers sometimes forget that it is their ownership to figure out which skills they want to inform and expand on. Mm. Um, so sometimes they go with the mindset that I have to fit the job so clearly and let me talk to those skills. They forget that they may not be as interested in using those anymore. Mm. So you can position for growth, you can position for untapped talent, you can say, uh, when I looked at your job description, where my attention went was here. I'm so ready to grow into this learning. Versus saying, I have all what you're asking for, but I have never done X, Y, Z. It shifts the conversation when you play with that a little bit. Um, so th those are, uh, you know, a few ways. Uh, and I might say one more thing that I think is a little unusual with play. It's how you put emphasis on things. So uh, you can work with a statement. So suppose someone says to me, um, I'd like to uh, find a job in, um, I don't know, in, in therapy, let's just go with that. So suppose they say to me, I'd like to find a job in therapy. So I might really have them write it down in bold and then place emphasis differently. So one, one day I might say, put the emphasis on the I. I would like to find a job in therapy. See how that feels. Mm -hmm. See the shift in ownership. Then I might say, um, I would like to find a job in therapy. So then you take it to what's, what's behind the like? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose there? Then I might say, well, put the emphasis on therapy. I might like to find a job in therapy. Mm -hmm. So what is it about therapy? There are categories of therapy. What kind of therapy? What kind of people? So, to, so when you play, you get clarity and you get focused. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's like what Maya Angelou said long ago, that it, uh, uh, when people tell you who they are, believe them. So we have to be careful about what we want people to know about us. Mm -hmm. So it is our ownership to craft our stories in a way that we want to be known, because in the end, the only thing that we are actually selling, uh, and Anand referred to this thing about selling, uh, my belief is the only thing we are selling is our reputation. Mm. Skills are a bonus. Mm. What we are selling is our approach to life. It is how how we are in the moment, mm. how we navigate the uncertainty. 
uh, I think that's what we are selling. And the more we engage with play, uh, the it just makes it gentler. You know, life is hard, mm. and it seems relentless right now. Mm. It seems unending right now. So if we have the opportunity to add color, to add a little joy, add a little playfulness, why not? Mm. I think I think that makes a you know good point uh, around. I think we have seen uh, Caroline and Sunita, you might agree that it, since last four to five months, especially, we have seen a constant, uh, you know, positive and sometimes, you know, on the extreme side around finding your why. And if you don't find your why, you are, you know, you are worthless or, you know, you, you, you can't function without finding your why. And there is, there is this extra pressure to find a why that is, uh, as I think um, Michelle uh, said, is a socially acceptable why, you know, not necessarily a why that that matters to you, but you have to come across that my why is to save the world, is to eliminate the poverty, is to is to make a planet a better place. Uh, why a why cannot be that I want make some money i want to you know grow my business right you know and it is fine too but i think the way you're approaching this is very as you rightly pointed the gentler way and i think one of the thing caroline we talked about that we would like to probably further investigate is the nudge nudges is the small nudges yes. that you are asking people to do because yeah. i think nudges are are extremely powerful i i saw one picture and they, they demonstrated the nudge theory is that, yeah. you know, as, as somebody enters into a train station, they, there's an escalator and there are steps. Yeah. But when you, when, you, when you are at the bottom of the steps, you can actually see what they wrote down there is 150 yeah. calorie. That's what yeah. they wrote down there. They didn't say anything else. So, you know, what that nudge was to that, you know, this is a simple nudge and I found it so profound. And I think that is what you are, you, you know, you're talking about. And I think, I think we, we need to recognize those nudges also that we don't right. need to rely right. just on Sunita or Caroline or John or somebody yeah. else to tell them the nudge. I think there are nudges also available, you know, within our environment. They will have to yeah. explain and say, maybe there's a nudge here. And I think those yeah. nudges I feel are extremely powerful. And if I can end my uh, comment with this is that you said something about you know being kind. I you know can you elaborate on that because I, I yeah, think there is yeah. there are some there are you know you know so so what are how do you take that positively more rather yeah. than you know if I don't wake up at six o'clock which I was supposed to yeah. and wake up at eight o'clock they say be kind to yourself, nation. That is fine. Is that what what we are talking about, or no. what do you mean by that? Can you fucking elaborate yeah. on that? Yeah, and uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I I did want to make sure that uh, listeners were not uh, thinking that uh, if I never got a why in my life, I'm useless and worthless. That's not mm -hmm. what this is about. Everybody is at a different context. Uh, everybody is here to learn the lessons that they're there to learn in their own pace. Uh, so that's where the my three piece comes in, which is loving kindness and uh, friendship, unconditional friendship to yourself. So one way to look at this is uh, we all engage and we love to tell stories about ourselves and other people. We embellish our stories. So uh, one thing that all of us do uh, on a routine basis is we judge ourselves, right? So we might say, I should have known this. I could have done this. What an idiot I am. Uh, how did I not see this? Um, uh, why does this always happen to me? Things like that. We judge other people. I cannot believe I should have said that. I would never do that. So whatever is not our preference, we demonize right away, right? Uh, and the third way we judge is our circumstances. If only COVID had not happened. If only my employer had kept my job. If only I had not married this person. It could be anything. So we are judging ourselves. We are judging other people. We are judging circumstances. Uh, what the friendship piece does is it helps us recognize the gremlin. It helps mm -hmm. us recognize how we are sabotaging our own success. 
So the friendship part becomes then, let's invite the gremlin in because the gremlin is not going to go away. So let's invite the gremlin in and uh, play with the gremlin. So, so remember when we were children, even if we generally didn't like the person, we would play with the person, right? Because our focus was on play. So if there was nobody to play with me, then I am going to play with you. So if you can keep that greatest good in mind, then you invite the gremlin in and you start have, you start changing your conversation. You, you then say to the gremlin, the way I work with this is I ask people to give the gremlin a name. I ask people to really visualize the gremlin. And then I would just say, invite the gremlin in. So I might say, oh, there you're again. Come in, have a seat. But here is the thing, I have a ground rule for you. You have no voice on this table. So, so long you keep that in mind, I'm, we're gonna be friends. The moment you speak up, I'm going to set a boundary. I'm going to really set a boundary. I'm going to ask for what I need to honor the person I am. And what I know is that that person does not have a part. You don't have a part. So what it allows us to do is, so from a play perspective, Naisha, you can introduce Maitreyi or the friendship by asking someone, um, would you like to put an expiry date on this story? Right? Or I might ask someone, how would you like to honor the part the story has played in your life to bring you here? How would you like us to honor this and let it be? Because I really do not believe we let go anything very easily. Mm. So we can let it be. Or I might ask someone, um, so let's play. Suppose you are a director in a movie and you want to move this movie forward. How might you write the next scene? Mm. How might you change the script here? How might you change the ending? Mm. What does that do when you change the ending? Or I might say, who's another character in this movie? Let's look at that character. Is that character an accomplice? Or is that character a supporter? Mm. How do you want to, uh, what role do you want that character to play? Mm. Because one of the things we do very poorly as human beings, as much as connected we claim we are, we are unable to ask for help the way we need to be helped. So most of us are hardwired to give help and we will give help, but, but the pause comes in asking, how do you, what does help look like for you? Not what I think it looks like for you. Mm. And that's the friendship, that's where, or even to really imagine, suppose you're really sitting somewhere um, and you're, you're perseverating on something and a, and a best friend comes and taps your shoulder and says something to you. What are you hearing that friend say to me? And it brings tears to people's eyes because uh, to really touch that friendship in such an intimate manner is a vulnerable thing to do. Mm. Because uh, you're, you're supposed to get up at six in the morning and do whatever you're supposed to be doing. So if we can pay attention to all the supposed to and the shoulds in our language, we're giving a pause for friendship. We're giving a pause to gentle. We're giving a pause for wholeheartedness. I truly don't believe there is a best version. That's my personal opinion. I believe there is a wholehearted version, including our vulnerability, the way we engage with failure, the way we engage with life. That's who we are. And that's what the universe is asking us to do, to do our best, that part of our best, to show the show the wholehearted version of ourselves. and. And the friendship allows us to do that, really. So that's how I work with the Maitri concept within coaching. I imagine people would have a lot of difficulty recognizing the gremlin in the room in themselves. Um, you know, I, I imagine yes people and no. Have yeah, yes and no. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, I think when you take people there, so I do a workshop exclusively on Maitri, where I walk people through the gremlin, the self-care and that whole thing. And um, I'm amazed at how vulnerable uh, the courage, you know, so where vulnerability is there, courage is automatically there. 
So that's where we, we invoke the sage power. We invoke the inner wisdom that each one of us has and we connect it to the inner wisdom of somebody else that we trust. Mm-hmm. So uh, work around gremlin cannot happen unless we have created a created psychological safety for somebody. So, uh, I mean, you cannot do this in a random interview. It's, it's you build up to that, right? You have a coaching relationship. It's a trusting relationship. So you bring that concept uh, nudge by nudge, really. Mm-hmm. And you ask permission. You always ask permission. Would you like to try this? I have an idea. Would you go along with it? Would you give it a try? Mm-hmm. And I, we will stop anytime it makes you uncomfortable. That's the permission we need to give each other to call out unproductive behavior as easily as we give kudos. It's very easy for me to say, hey, guys, you're doing such an amazing job. But what if I didn't like something in your lineup? I must have the courage to come up and say to you, here is what I believe. This is how I'm experiencing what your guest said or what the topic meant. And I'm uncomfortable. Mm. Can we talk? That Mm. is giving unconditional friendship to yourself when you are able to ask, honor, and respectfully engage in dialogue versus I want this, you should do this. I can't believe you did that. Mm. I mean, that, that's half the problem today, right? There is so much divisiveness that we are missing the connectedness underneath all that. Mm. And, and that, that I, think, uh, I think each one of us is trying to bring back humanity into conversations and play allows us to do that. I think, uh, I, I don't know who I was. I think uh, there's Pico Ayers talk about uh, what ping pong taught him uh, about Japanese culture or something. I forgot the name of that. But he says that Japanese have developed a culture where they are very competitive, but but they are not worried about who wins and who loses. But they are very competitive. So it's a it's a paradox, he said, that you know that people people you know they they are extremely when it comes to sports and everything they are very very competitive. But if but they are not playing for that. I found it so so paradoxical. And then he explains the background right. of it, you know. And I I think I think I agree with you. Play allows, and you know I I see. You know, my kids play cricket and and the the, the football and everything else. And you know, so I can see that at certain age they they just go there to to have fun. They are playing right. hard when they are when they are on the ground. They are playing hard. They are giving their best shot at it. After a while, you know, uh, yeah, who cares who won, who lost it? But I think play allows. I I completely agree that it's. I remember when you know in occupational rehab work that I did, I was the only one who would do a Richard Nodel's card assessment, right? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Values yeah. and skills. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and when I start, when I open that up and give people to put all those things, suddenly you know their mood changes, shifts because mm-hmm. they are no longer focused on their pain. They are no longer focused on. Uh, you know, just looking at what consumes them, they get wow. Right. This is another way for me to look at yeah. what I'm dealing with, and I think that is that, in my view, is a very profound way and gentle way. We are not; it's a non-confrontational way. We are not saying, yeah. you know, what let's get this done. You know, one hour. Let's you know, let's put all these cards in that and let's figure that out. And I, I always say. I don't even know who, what you are going to pick. I don't even have any idea. I'm just yeah. going to be with you, play with you, and see what happens. Yeah. If it did work out, did work out. Who cares about yeah. it, right? But let's well, let's really do that. So I'll offer you two resources. Given what you were talking about, Pico Iyer, uh, uh, Simon Sinek is right now making rounds with his book called The Infinite Mindset. But the theory behind The Infinite Mindset comes from Dr. Carson's work, where he talks about fi- playing a finite game and playing an infinite game. 
So in playing a finite game, you're playing with known rules, you're playing with known players, you have a winner, you have a loser, um, you have a referee. When you play the infinite game, you are, you are playing to continue the play. And that is going to be the distinctive feature in today's world and economy. So we are going to be playing with unknown, pe unknown people, unknown factors, unknown variables. So the question to ask in play, and I did a workshop on the world opens up and how are we going to enter? So my question was, and people doodled around it, uh, they were not allowed to use words, so they had to draw. The question was, if you were continuing the play, what do you see? So that, that is another way to introduce that concept in, in, in an economy that seems so restless and shifting. In an economy where jobs are probably going away forever. Uh, and if you're looking at it, uh, uh, you know, you're looking at what you have and you're thinking, I have very narrow skill sets, perhaps to ask yourself, what does continuing the play look like? Mm -hmm. And play with that. That, that would be having that infinite mindset and shifts the concept very easily. Uh, uh, um, so I'm glad you brought that up. The other resource I would say is um, if you Google, you'll find this exercise. It's called the Wheel of Life exercise. It's a great exercise to uh, get down to purpose because when you connect the dots, you will see where the wheel is broken. And then all you have to ask yourself, where can I make the smallest shift for the most exponential gain? And what is my commitment? So this goes to, you know, one of your listeners, Imtiaz Ali, I think, asked the question about analysis paralysis uh, mm -hmm. in David's conversation. So the thing with, with that part is, so if you, if you took that part, all you have to think about is what is one tiny thing that you're comfortable to commit to and you do it every single day for the week, you will find yourself shift from paralysis. Maybe you'll, you'll, you'll delete the P in the paralysis. Mm. You may not be completely ready, but you will nudge away, you will eat away. Mm. So, that, <clears throat> so that's what play I think does for us. It, include, it introduces gentleness, a lot of joy, uh, no expectations, allows you to stay unattached, and allows you to feel really confident. It, it, it makes you remember your childhood. So I mm. might ask someone, what's your favorite childhood toy? So I have CFOs who play with Legos in their office before they go into a meeting. Mm -hmm. I have people who will put like exclamation mark right here in between their index finger to remind them of their purpose mm. when they feel a trigger come on. So this a play does not have to be buying some Nintendo or whatever else there is out there. Play is in your mind. Play is in the curiosity. Play is in touching that resiliency. And that's what I find fascinating. So when you offer play to people, rarely do people say, I will not play. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. You, you know, know in, in a day... Go ahead. So a lot of what you're talking about, I reckon you could apply to the job hunt, you know, like we make a, a job hunt a very rigid process, but just imagine if mm -hmm. you took away getting your resume done and just introduce that play aspect and that, that curiosity or, or going out and meeting people and just, you know, what if, what if I could do what you did? Or do you know what, like that, that questioning technique, you could make it an amazing um, uh, enriching kind of experience for people instead of yeah. this rigidity that, that, that sits in it. That, that's what was occurring to, for me when you, you're talking about what you do. So yes. Yeah. You could introduce that into all sorts of concepts where you want, want to have some sort of um, personal growth. Yes, because, you know, in the end, uh, if you think about a job search or, or life itself, it is unfolding one conversation at a time. Mm. We either fail or succeed one conversation at a time. It is also about creating human moments. Mm. Everything put aside, you get hired in the end because of likability in some fashion. And that connection you've made because you have connected to someone else's purpose. Mm whether you know it or not. Mm. 
And that, that's why if you can approach it with uh, less rigidity, uh, preparation is always key. I'm never denying that preparation is not needed. All I am saying is uh, center your preparation with play. Center your preparation with uh, creativity. So you can go into an interview, instead of taking your resume, you can take your quadrant. You can take your quadrant purpose that speaks to the values, interest, skills, and personality. And any question they ask you, you can answer using that quadrant. Suppose they ask you, why do you want this job? Hey, here's how I fit in your culture. Here is what I value. When I looked at the job description, here is what struck my skills. So you don't have to get worried. You know, people get so worried about interviewing, get so worried about saying the wrong thing. Mm. But if if you if you can go centered with uh, resiliency, curiosity, and resolve, then every question becomes easy to answer. You just mm. settle into your body. And, and you have that complete connection between your head, your heart, and your body. And when that happens, so it's like some a client once told me, uh, he said what play helps him do is to settle the butterflies so that then they can fly out in formation, mm -hmm. color, pattern, and ideas. Mm -hmm. I, I thought, well, I could not have said it any better, right? I mean, I, I, and... Uh, Secretly, I thought, oh, that's so brilliant. I did great work, but really it was not me. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it was the client doing the work, but uh, I felt good to sit in his confidence, to share in his confidence. And that's what we are in this earth to do, to build confidence with and for each other, to give and receive grace from each other, to continue to uh, stay kind when it is difficult to stay kind. Mm. That, that's the challenge of our humanity today. And I think if we can touch play, we touch humanity. That's such a great note to really wrap this up. Sridha, you made this absolutely sensational. I know our LinkedIn Thank life you. for some reason, uh, you know, tanked. I don't even know why. Um, you know, but you know, don't worry. You know, those people who missed the on LinkedIn, I will put it on LinkedIn. Uh, you, know, you know, all of our YouTube channel, yeah. you know, straight away yeah. because I think I think it's a fascinating conversation. There are a lot of gold nuggets, and also, you know, as I as I think, uh, you know, I I also sometimes do is I take a cricket ball and go out for a walk. I'm not doing anything. I'm just playing with it. I'm just catching it because it just allows me to because it, it you know when there's a physical um, the object in my mind I, i'm present i'm not going yeah. anywhere i'm not i'm not you know i'm, I'm really present and uh, not that i think lego is a fantastic one i've got heaps of legos at home uh, you know and and i i think i think that is what we are really left with you you made this 10 p.m um linkedin live absolutely worth uh, well, Sunita, and we will we will we will get you in again uh, on a drop of a head honestly because you've got so many things that we can uh, learn from your experience and the way you are sharing that yeah i would have loved to do that meditative visualization with the two of you but but i understand you know well we've had a whole hour together and i'm very grateful but but if you both are ever interested drop me a line and i will lead you through that meditative visualization um, I, I, I think it, it's a phenomenal experience to have. So, you know, the two, I, I can offer that to you for sure. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. And uh, I hope we get to meet in person someday. Someday so, soon. Yeah. 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 Thank you. All right. Introduced a completely yeah. different dimension to um, our audience as well. It's been fantastic. And thank you for joining us. We really, yeah. really do. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. All right, okay. everyone, we will see you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Melbourne time, doing our uh, weekly round of open. Uh, so tomorrow would be a zero hour, as they say in Parliament, that we will take questions from the from everyone. If you've got questions about job search, resume, or as uh, Caroline would like to say, how to make your cat uh, Instagram superstar, well, we <laughs> can tackle any goddamn thing. Uh, yeah. You know, so, so 
stay you know have a have a great night everyone and for those who are waking up like sunita have a great day ahead and we will thank catch you. up with you soon all See right later, thank, you. thank you bye 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 thank you everyone for listening to the your career down under show hope you enjoyed today's episode if you want to know more about how your career down under can help you please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic please reach out to us we would love to do that until next time be well